Hi there. Welcome to Shrink Chat. This is the companion show to our main podcast, Terror Talk. My name is Shannon, and I'm joined every week by my friend, Kathy. On this show, we talk about psychology and media and whatever else comes up. It's a bit looser. So hang out and welcome to Shrink Chat. This is Shrink Chat. My name is Shannon. And there's Kathy over there. I'm getting my shit together. Hang on. I know. She just <clears throat> said the word incoprisis. And oh, then, boy. And then she said she's getting her shit together. Oh, I did. <laughs> and I'm so glad I'm here to point that out for you. I didn't even know I was being recorded. I might be able to sue you for that. Pun intended. Well, we could always start over. No. Okay, cool. So today on the Shrink Chat show, let's see. We've got some trivia. Would you like to start with your trivia, dear? Yeah, let's go back to Candyman. Candyman. So this is from April 24th. The question was, on the original set of the movie Candyman, so the 1992 with Tony Todd, who played the Candyman, yeah. he was stung X amount of times and requested how much for each sting. So he, the answer is he was stung 23 times Whoa. and given $1,000 per sting. Oh, my God. So he had it in his contract because they... Um, there's some. I was looking up some trivia around this movie when I was finding this question. Um, and, uh, man, I'm dropping her name right now. I love her as an actress. Hang on a second. I'll find it. She talked about how um, just having the the, the real uh, bees was really intimidating on the set and how they had to teach them how to sure. do certain things. Um, that movie was super creepy, man. I just remember I Virginia was, Madsen. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Love her. Familiar with her. Um, yeah, it was really creepy. The original is very, very creepy. Uh, I'm really interested to see what Jordan Peele does with it. Cause he just does everything well. So this week, so this is our May 1st trivia, the question, and we're going to have this posted. If you're going to post the answer, it'll be under night of the living dead. Um, the black and white photo, that's, I think, around Halloween this past year, if you're going through Instagram. Mm -hmm. So the question is, um, which horror film was one of the first films to graphically depict violent murders on screen, as well as one of the first to have a black person as a main character? Okay. That's it. <laughs> She's looking at me like, over to you, Bob. Night of the Living Dead. I like that movie, is what I was thinking. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, I would like... I, I got Kathy a couple of random gifties. Um, you know, sometimes you're home because you're safety at homing and you're scrolling and things pop up and you have the propensity to buy them because there's that. That's, so you thought of me uh -huh. when these came up. Oh, I'm really Oh, yeah. Interested. They came up, and I was like, I need to buy that from Kathy. And apparently then I did it again and said, yeah, I need to buy two. that for Kathy, right? I didn't even remember the second one. <laughs> is there a preference? No. I don't even know which one is okay. which. All right. Yeah, and I thought you might like the sound effect. Uh -huh. <laughs> okay. Oh, it's a shirt. Oh, yeah. It's a black short sleeve t-shirt. Oh my God. That says. I love this. Five things you should know about this woman. 
<laughs> One, she is a dog mom. This is so cute. There's a big paw in the front. Mm-hmm. Two, she loves dogs more than humans. This is very true so mm-hmm. far. Number three, <laughs> this is so true. She can't control her mouth. <laughs> Oh my God, was this shirt made for me? I told you. Number four, she has anger issues <laughs> and a serious dislike for stupid people. <laughs> How is this is so great? And number five, mess with her or her dogs and they'll never find your body. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you're like, okay, let me find some things to say about, this is hysterical. I know, right? You see why I had to buy it. <laughs> I love how it goes from she's a dog mom to she has anger she's issues kill you. in a ser- yeah, and or she can't control her mouth. <laughs> oh my god! I hope it fits. But even if it doesn't, you can have it on a chair. Well, I'm gonna or something. make I'm gonna make it fit. <laughs> so that was the first one, and That's then hilarious. there's another bag there. Okay, okay, with your <laughs> That's another shirt. <laughs> yeah. So another black short sleeve shirt. And it says, oh, I love this. It says, I support putting animal abusers to sleep. <laughs> so and it's all about the is killing. Is that a German shepherd on yeah. the front? Oh, I love that. These are awesome. Thank you. So they're, it's all about killing. It's so it's in line with the show. <laughs> protecting the animals and killing people. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it. Good. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. So both of those, obviously, I thought of you. And there it is. Um, so stuff, so I was on a James Bond thing, as you remember, we watched the first four, one yeah. of the last, one of the couple of weeks ago, I talked about it on Shrink Chat and I've only managed to watch one more since we, <laughs> it's slowing down. Um, and I, so I watched you only live twice, which was the next, I'm watching them chronological. So I had watched the first four. So I got through like From Russia With Love and Dr. No and Thunderball and all that. And so then the next one was You Only Live Twice. And I actually think it's the best one so far. Mm. So I would say of the first five, that's my favorite one. And you've definitely got like the Mike Myers character in it with the cat, you know, petting the cat. Yeah, Bigglesworth. (laughs) Um, Not the real Mike Myers, like that's later in the spoof. But um. You know, that that original character is in this one. Uh, he's actually in a couple of the early ones, too, but they're different characters. And um, there's lots of gadgets. You know, Q is more of a character in this one. So there's gadgets and different cool stuff they're doing. And there's some pretty ladies, as always. But this one this one was better, I thought, than the others. So okay. I just wanted to share that we've made a little bit of progress. <laughs> um, have you been watching anything? I'm all over the map with like old school stuff, cool. like stuff I've already seen, but I'm, but yeah. make me feel, makes me feel good because when we're prepping for this show, we have to watch really heavy stuff. And then I'm prepping, um, I teach child elder abuse and domestic violence over the summer. And, um, I had to redo their, my students extra credit because they're not going to be able to come to a presentation mm-hmm. that I give. And there, yeah. there's other stuff that won't be happening because we'll be online. So I'm having them watch the Gabriel Fernandez documentary, Um, and so I've been finishing that up. So a lot of heavy stuff. So I've gone back and watched Doc Hollywood with Michael J. Fox and Julie Warner. Love that movie. Such a fun rom-com. Oh my God. It's such a good movie. I went back and watched The Incredibles on Disney Plus. Oh, that's a good one too. Um, 
I've been watching a lot of light stuff. I've watched The Money Pit, mm-hmm. Tom Hanks, I love. Mm-hmm. So I've been like revisiting some of my oldies but goodies. Nice. Just to keep... Lightness. Yeah. I, everything is so heavy right now. And our work is heavy. I, I was having a conversation with someone the other day and... You know, we were talking about how like it's it's usually when you have a caseload. My caseload right now is probably about 20 people. Um, some of them I see every week. Some of them I see every other week. But it so on, on average, you're going to have, depending on the setting you're in, and I'm private practice, I'll have like two people at a time that are in like somewhat of a crisis. Uh, all 20. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Because of the situation, we're in a collective stress right now. Yeah, so all sure. of their... All of their stress is different, but related to the situation we're in. So I'm, I'm, I'm really just trying to watch like dumb shit because work is heavy. Um, the stuff I'm teaching is heavy. Life is heavy right now. Yeah, so it's, it is. We are still um, safety at home and working from home. So yeah, like I'm doing my my regular um, day job, as I call it, at an agency where I'm a clinical supervisor. So I'm doing all that and I'm having uh, right here at this very desk where Kathy is looking at me. <laughs> I have my work computer and I'm doing mm-hmm. all my like um, supervisions via Skype and all the meetings and such. And then mm-hmm. lots of paperwork and texting in my eyeballs. I was telling a colleague the other day, like the first couple of weeks, my eyes were so red. And oh, so, yeah. I mean, now, now they're better because <clears throat> I'm actually taking more breaks and mm-hmm. I'm, I've found a groove with it. Um, I think I was saying last week on shrink chat, like the first couple of weeks was super hard to find, um, the boundaries between work and the rest of my life. And so I have a tendency to really like work. And so I w- was just working more because I was just always mm-hmm. in one place. There was no, um, the drive home, you know, where you transition mm-hmm. and you take up me for me. It's like, I take off my badge and I get that transition going. There was none of that. So, so I have that job. And then I also have, um, a telehealth practice of depending on the week, like 20 to 25 sessions, um, with clients via telehealth, which has been really uh, amazing and interesting, but yeah, like really tiring <laughs> and all different walks of life, you yeah. know, so it's everyone yeah. from an ER doc on the front lines of COVID to people sequestered in their houses to people dealing with, um, you know, gender trans, um, you know, transition issues to to mothers whose kids are mentally ill. I mean, it's just like it's all yeah. over the board. And so it's all um, – I'm enjoying it to the sense that I enjoy my work. But you're, you're – I feel you because it's like it's so much – the cultural angst is heavy. And then for people who already have maybe anxiety or depression or, or substance abuse or, or other stuff going on, it's been, yep. it's been really um, – It's t- It is hard. Um it's, yeah. yeah. So I have been, you know, like watching the bond or whatever. So the other stuff was like, I've had a lot of aborted missions as far as like, you're like, nope, not finishing nope. that. Yeah. Like I'll Just click really on unusual it. for you. Usually like I'm going to commit to this. <laughs> I do. Although I just don't talk. Actually, the truth is I just don't talk a lot on here about all of the aborted missions. Yeah. Um, but uh, there are a lot of where I click on something, I kind of read the description, you know, um, I have all the services. So it's like 
roll the dice on, you know, is it going to be Hulu today? Is it going to be Netflix today? Whatever. And I just try to find something to watch. And there's been a lot of like get halfway through the first episode and kind of tap out because it's either too heavy because I'm just not in it, you know. I've been watching the pharmacist or yeah, well, that's we what need I'm to saying. talk it's about like, Kevin I, or something. I, I, and I, so I was, the other night I had to watch, uh, I had to put Disney Plus on, and not that that's like a uh, I have to do this. I don't usually do. I mean, I love Disney Plus, but I was like just a break. I need a break, and I watched Elephants, um, which yeah. they have got a lot of their National Geographic and. Mm-hmm documentaries and because i had to push my africa trip forward i'm like i'm just gonna go there now on yes Disney virtually it was, yeah it was beautiful um, so and i think i've said this before one of the things that i do to do that to like counteract is i start watching comedy specials so i got a little bit caught oh, up on i have watched specials. a couple okay yeah, so okay. i'll tell you the ones i've watched okay and maybe they'll be the same thank you for reminding me i'm like i know there's something else i wanted mm-hmm. to bring up but yeah i on. always i always like binge some of the newer ones so i watched um chris delia's new um comedy special on netflix and i clicked on that because Years ago, maybe 10 years ago, I saw him live, like, when I lived in the city of Los Angeles, I lived, like, walking distance from three different comedy um, venues, and so I used to watch, go, and just go, and I'd see so many comedians. So I've seen a ton of comedians that are famous now. I saw them 10 years ago live, Mm -hmm. like, in a dive, you know, in the comedy store in Hollywood, Um, and Chris D'Elia was one of them, so I was really happy to see he's um, obviously come a long way. And then I watched Seth Meyers' Lobby Baby, mm-hmm. which um, is a very funny story. The Lobby Baby thing is a reference to his baby was born in the lobby of his um, apartment building, which is a really <clears throat> funny section of the special. But I don't find him actually that funny. I think. Yeah, I mean, I think there's certain movies where he he has funny moments, mm-hmm. but his voice and stuff like. It's, I'm just kind of, it's overdone. Yeah, I feel like I maybe mentioned this before. I'm having a little bit of a flashback where we've maybe said, like, he's a great talk show host, but. Yeah. Not, I, I, his stand up just, I don't laugh out loud. Like, yeah. I'm amused and I watch it, but the Lobby Baby story. I don't know if I could watch a stand up on, on him. Yeah. It was pretty funny. That's part of the story. And then I watched um, Fortune Feimster's oh. Sweet and Salty. And okay. I love her. I've met her, mm-hmm. and my friend used to live with her. I, I didn't know her at that time. I just, I found out later. I'm like, oh my God, that's hilarious. Cause she's, I've seen her at Dinah Shore multiple times and she comes out and hangs out. She's such a cool woman. I watched hers too. And it's, it was so, some of the moments were so relatable, the coming out moments and the way that she describes like, oh yeah. Like that's how I figured things out. But her stuff on Hooters yeah, and, and coming out in North She's Carolina. She's awesome. I lost it. It was hysterical. It's only like an hour and 20 minutes long. It's really good. So for those of you who don't know who she is, she was on the Mindy show. Mm-hmm. So that's a famous thing. Mm-hmm. She's been a comedian and an actor, but that's the thing she would be most known right. for is that she's the um, heavier set, blonde with the curly, <laughs> curly blonde hair. She plays a nurse on the Mindy show and she's hilarious on that show. Um, and that's where I know her from. And then um, I saw her there, like on my Netflix. I'm like, oh my yeah. God, I love her. I hope it's good because I think it's I just really like her. So and good. it's really good. So it's really good. She, um, she is, a, and and the way that she is, uh, um, the way that she speaks and all that, and her, she really, that's her. She's just always playing herself. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and she's if, just yeah. so cool. If you're not picking up on it, she happens to be a lesbian. That's what Dinah Shore is, a, is an event, and there's she, some references she's there. She's just so funny. Um, and on it, her whole, her whole, uh, 
stand-up was very honest and hysterical and, and relatable. And then I know you've already seen the Ali Wong one. I watched mm-hmm. that one too. <gasps> you did? Yeah. Oh, yeah. She, um, there were moments where I found her a little annoying, but overall it was really funny. Oh yeah. Yeah. She People was are annoying. Yeah. She was, um, remember cause only dogs, only dogs. Yeah. Yeah. It says on your shirt. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Taylor Tomlinson's the only other one I would say is, was really funny, but I, I talked about that one a couple weeks ago already. Um, yeah. I also watched about four episodes of this show called Outer Banks. How is that? It's okay. It's um, it's like Point Break. Yeah, I almost started it. <laughs> but point, you know, but Point Break meets um, because it's on the Outer Banks of Northern Carolina. That's where I. That's why I started watching it because I've been to the Outer Banks and mm-hmm. I was just feeling that feeling the Southern vibe and wanting to watch it. And it's. There was a show on HBO years ago where there was like a murder and this family that lived in a plantation with Sissy Spacek. It was the mother and everything. A really good series. Not remembering the name of it. Uh, anyway, oh, I know what you mean. It's, I can't think it's, of it either. It's sort of that because it's yeah. got like a murder mystery. It it's a got a mystery show. murder to it, but it's but it's also like point break and you get like scenes of them surfing okay. and stuff. I would say... Um, I'm not sure yet. I'm in the middle of the fifth episode. I can't really say. I am enjoying the vibe of it, but I'm also, it's like super, I mean, you heard me talk last week about Teen Wolf. It's like, it's super rare for me to think something is really great. So everyone, if I ever say something's really, really great, it probably is really great. I mean, I like my own taste, but obviously it'll be like, I really believe it's really great. And Mm -hmm. Because most of the stuff I watch is, you know, it's pretty good. I, I mean, it's pretty good. I'm five episodes in, which means I did not abort the mission. Yeah, that's good. And there were probably six shows before that that I just didn't watch after the first, like, half an hour. So I, right. I think it's because the boys are so cute. That's probably it. Yeah, there's a cute girl as well who I think is really cute. Oh, wait, there's a few. Well, see, it's like Teen Wolf. Yeah, everyone's it, just good looking. It's a teen show. And these are all like, and I kind of grew up around like the surfer good looking thing. Because mm-hmm. um, when I grew up, my neighborhood was very small and we lived, you know, 15, 20 minutes from Malibu. So it was a lot of surf culture, actually. So I don't know. It kind of reminds me of that. And a nostalgia. A little nostalgia. Um, what else? Did you have some COVID something you wanted to? Did you want to talk at all about things you've been learning about yourself? Oh, sure. But I, I do. I have. Would a, you like to start? <laughs> I have a just a flip side. I, I have a another thing about COVID. I do. Okay, start with that. And I know I I already know that your reaction will probably be yes. There's a lot of mixed information out there, and we're just gonna have to wait and see. Um, that's not really why I'm bringing this up. I think I'm bringing it up more from, this is going to sound kind of meta, but a psychological perspective of doctors' different reactions and how this is like really become a sociological epidemic, if that makes sense. So I'm like, it's kind of me analyzing what this guy is saying and, and I want to hear your feelings about this. Um, so this guy's really controversial. You may have heard of him before, but he goes by Z-Dog MD. He's on YouTube. You know who he is? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he <clears throat> went off, and I think this whole situation is really pulling a lot of 
liberal people into more conservative mindsets because people are getting tired of the unknown. And he went through and he said from the beginning, I'm going to piss a lot of people off, but it's really about how we're defining what a threat is. And um, he goes into some discussions about how we don't have an exit strategy. So we're flattening this curve and then what we let people out and then do we essentially just go right back to this and how is that really helping us? Um, he talks about how, you know, every day we definitely take bigger risks in the world by driving or flying. There's more deaths every year. So do we stop people from getting in cars? Okay. Well, my reaction to that would be driving cars isn't contagious, but I mean, yes, right. Okay. Um, this, <laughs> The statistics don't add up. Um, he's talking about how they, he's criticizing the fact that WHO and CDC and all these guys are like, we're going to have a vaccination soon. He's like, we're not going to have a vaccination soon. Not anything that we can ethically give anybody for at least 18 months. So, you know, basically we're all going to get this eventually. We're all going to get this COVID eventually. Um, and, and so his whole thought process around this is um, we're exposing more people to a moral injury um, than, than a physical injury by all of the damage that we are doing by making this more catastrophic than it is. Um, he's like, we are convinced that this is the apocalypse. Um, and if it's not, this is certainly not worth it. Like this is either the apocalypse or it's not worth it what we're doing. And, uh, he said this is a a, um, a blip compared to what has been seen in healthcare overall. So his argument is um, we have made a huge mistake by thinking that this is as big as it is. And there are a lot of people who are sitting in this space. And um, I think the longer it goes on without answers and without an exit strategy, I think we're going to see more people feel this way, which scares me because of what that means for societal reactions. And um, people get violent and we're already seeing it with protesters and we're seeing it in different parts of the country. So I don't know. Do you have any reactions to that? Yeah, it's difficult. I, uh, I have so many reactions to it. I'm sort of like thoughtful now, but I, I know there's going to be lots of change to our culture after the after this or post this i don't think there's an after really in a way you know i think it is a linger for like a whole lot longer than mm -hmm. anyone would like it to you know i think we'd all like a finite end to it you know mm -hmm. get a vaccine make it done you know as if that would end things but it doesn't really it it's creates just, a lot of actually a, more controversy because there's people who are going to be against that i know Right. right. It's kind of like what we were talking about last week, like personal, there's a lot of personal choice in this too, because yeah. we live in a democratic society. So people also get to choose, they get to choose whether they go to, you know, the beach or whatever, you know, we're seeing all kinds of things on the news. And I think a lot of people are afraid that they're no longer going to get to choose and that this is, will be forced on them. And then it creates this whole, like, yeah. I don't want a vaccine, yeah. I, you know? It's a fear of, it's, you know, we, I think as Americans, and I know not everybody that listens to this show is American, but like as Americans, it does feel, I think some of the fight back is that I'm free. I get to be free and I get to do whatever I want. And it's the land of the independence. Like if mm -hmm. I work hard, I can be rich. And mm -hmm. you know, that sort of, that's 
foundational in our I culture. S- I see what this has turned into in other countries. If we're told that we have to wear masks in public, what's next? You know, it's that. Um, so there's that piece, but then also his argument around, okay, so we're trying so hard to control this virus, but we're disrupting our supply chain. We don't have any food coming in. Kids aren't getting educated. They're getting more helicoptered. There's too many screens. He's talking about, you know, there's addiction rates are going to go up. Like, I do understand that side of it. Like, how are we weighing? Are we not putting any... Uh, are we not putting any um, investment into that kind of injury, which also has long-term effects? So I think we, we are, I mean, we know, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I have a feeling that the psychological community is already kind of working on like how this is going to be a, a systemic and cultural part of our work for as long as we will be practicing. Most likely. I mean, I think we're the next front line when this is over, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I know that in telehealth, it's like the demand is pretty high, mm-hmm. at least in some states. It and is. So, um, you know, there's been a like a push for more and more people to do it because there's already a high demand. There was this like really small initial blip where nobody was doing it because they were like lost their jobs and didn't have the money. But now they're starting, it's starting to like flood back in, just mm-hmm. people really needing the the help. And I, I mean, I remember after nine 11, you know, that was a very, di- we, we make a lot of correlations with that. Cause it's really the only thing we have to, to do, except it was very different because it was in one spot and then it was over. It wasn't contagious and it wasn't <laughs> contagious and it was in one spot. And then for, I would say for, there was a time period. And I remember this pretty vividly. There was a time period where we were all scared as a culture and as a country, because we did think that there were other hits that were going to come um not wanting to have major gatherings but we didn't shut down sport i mean in fact it was the yankees that brought the country together that year yeah it was very different but the similarity is that there were lasting changes to things so like Mm -hmm. they never used to look through your bags at disneyland before that you know they never there was other there are other security measures that kind of came into play and so that's going to happen And then that is probably going to like last forever. There may always be a temperature screener before you get on a plane and off a plane. Yeah. Who knows? It's like the little bottles of liquid that we used to be able to bring shampoo and conditioner on. No more than three ounces. You know? Although they have, they've loosened up a little bit on that. Yeah. It just sort of depends. But it's been um, also, you know, how many years? 20 years. Exactly. So there are going to be a lot of changes in, um, and I, and I, I know you know, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what they are, and I know. I think I think it's easy to get angry at this time because um, it's it. It'd be much easier if we could just say this is made up. Yeah, and um, yeah, I see why people want to say that, and I see why people want to project. You know, I mean, we talk about it all the time on here. It's like certain certain types of personalities. Uh, externally project their feelings onto others, right? So mm-hmm. setting aside the facts and, and you know, the different things that are always coming to light, like every day there are things coming to light. Every day, every week there are different things we're learning mm-hmm. um, about the virus, about people's reaction to the virus, about symptoms, about, you know, they're adding symptoms to things. Like there's just all kinds of things we're learning. Rules are changing. Depending on where you live, there are different rules and different protocols. Um, but you know, one thing is for sure that P- 
people who externalize blame are going to externalize blame and people who um, isolate and are depressed or have bad coping skills are going to do more of that. <laughs> you know, everything is ramped up. Anxiety, depression, like everything just gets exponentially ramped up. People are angry. If you go to Bill Gates' uh, yeah. page, it's nothing but hate. Yeah, I've seen him on a lot of interviews lately. His page is, it's really interesting to go on his page and look at the amount of people who are just like, just throwing hand grenades. Yeah, there are some interesting, um, I try not to go on them. So we're on Twitter and I follow just a lot of like horror fan stuff mm -hmm. and some writers and some other podcasts. That's basically who I follow in there. So um, not only am I posting stuff about the show, but I'm, I'm, you know, I want to curate like what I'm looking at in my feed because I'm not super interested in a lot of yeah. garbage really at this moment in time. There's enough garbage. I get enough garbage. <clears throat> so it, it's, so there are, some of it bleeds in. in I don't words. follow him. I went in there because just out of curiosity for the show and just to talk about like what people, where people are mentally. And it's really interesting when you go to his page and it's like, wow. And people are like. It's crazy. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, so it's a it's a really sad, scary, unpredictable, confusing time, mm -hmm. and we don't do well with that. We're used to be being really comfortable. Yes, most of us. Yeah, I mean, most of us. Uh, yes, I I hear you on that. We get used to well, we get used to who we are and what we do on a daily basis, and like that's going to be our reality. And then something kind of like comes in from the side and yeah. blindsides us. And I think this really blindsided. Although, of course, now you're getting all the retrospectives about like, we knew this was going to happen. Yeah. Um, so the last thing I wanted to talk about was a little bit of a fun thing that I watched that I yeah. really like. I actually rewatched this because um, not too many people know that one of my, the things that I love to find and watch are things about um, like extreme physical fitness, like extreme ultra marathoners and extreme challenges and physical fitness is like one of the things I like to read about and watch. Mm -hmm. So I, I read books about running and blah, blah, blah. So there's a documentary, um, that hopefully some of you have watched, but if not, I would recommend it. It's called the Barkley marathon. Mm -hmm. This is a marathon that an ultra marathon that was created. Um, and it's in Tennessee and it's over, uh, a 60 hour, I think you have 60 hours total to complete it. And it's through the wilderness in Tennessee and it's been there quite some time now, but they, it, it, very few people actually finish it. <laughs> it's super brutal basically. And they did a, they did a documentary on it and it's good and it's funny and the guy who runs it is funny and it's in Tennessee. So it's got that kind of flavor to yeah. it. But then you're also watching these um, dudes and a couple of ladies as well. Uh, and it's international. So there's people coming from all over. A very, like I said, I think this, this year that they did the documentary, I think four people out of 40 finished. Mm, um, wow. And so it, it, you have to apply to be in it and they have hundreds of applications and 40 people are chosen and they have a, like a mix of veterans and new people so that the veterans can kind of tell the new people, like kind of help the new people because part of it is figuring out 
where the paths are because it's literally in the wilderness. So mm-hmm. they have to <laughs> figure it out as well. So part of it's like this mapping puzzle too. And there's all these little quirky fun things about it. Like it only costs a dollar sixty to get in. <laughs> there's lots of quirky things. I won't ruin them all because it would be really fun if everyone watched it. But um I watched that and I think one of the things that I didn't really realize when I sat down to watch it just because it's one, like you were talking about like your feel good things that you watch and stuff. And this is one of mine. And I didn't realize that it would relate to the COVID situation. Like it does when I was listening to you, I was thinking, you know, this particular thing is about the unknown. It's like, it's like these 40 people show up and some of them have done it before, but even the ones who've done it before haven't finished necessarily. So, um, it's totally about the unknown and they get like lost in the woods and then to quit. Like if you get halfway through a loop, it's like five loops. And if you get halfway through a loop and you want to quit, you got to still walk back. Yeah. Like quitting is quitting quitters mile. Like you got to quit and then walk 10 miles. No one just picks you up. and (laughs) No, there's no cars picking you up. It's in the middle of nowhere. So it's really about the unknown. You don't know what's going to happen. Pushing yourself too. Very much like challenge. So challenging physically. And like, um, and then I guess the last thing I would say about it is one of the things that the guy says in it is that it ended up being about um, how people can establish their own definition of success and failure. And I think that relates to our situation too now. So when we look back in the history books and how we look at it and write about it and think about it, it's like in this marathon, some people show up to make the first loop what they call the fun run, which is like 20, 25 miles or whatever, this first loop. And some people it takes 25 hours for them to do this one loop. And there's literally five loops. But some people just show up for that. And you see this one guy finish that loop and he's like so excited. And the other guys that are running it are like, you sure you don't want to keep going, man? You sure you don't want to? Are you sure? Because they they play taps when you tap out. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> that's the, funny. Yeah, on the little, like I said, it's really quirky and yeah. fun. Um, they play taps and he's like, are you sure? He's picking up the instrument. Are you sure you want to quit? And he's like, this is what I came here to do. This is awesome. And so it really is about that we all have an internal locus of like what success and failure yep. is. Yep. And that we get to decide that. And then some guys went there to do all five loops. And if they didn't make it, they would have been sad. But this guy never expected to do five loops. He wasn't, it's like it took him 25 hours to do the first loop. And 25 miles is a lot. Through the wilderness. Yeah. You should see this thing. It's really crazy. So anyway, I wanted to throw that out there because I felt like it was. That's cool. Like relevant lessons or relevant thoughts that I didn't even know when I sat down how relatable it would be to right now. I like that. (sighs) Another successful show. Or at least I think it's successful. Do you think it's successful? I think it was pretty successful. (laughs) Okay, cool. We have our hand sanitizer. We're good to go. Yeah. We're good to go. Kathy's got new shirts. You got your notes. You got your new two shirts. Excellent. I got my hedgehog socks. (laughs) I did notice that Kathy has um, little footy socks on, and on the bottom of them, they have the words hedgehog written out. I got these as a Christmas gift from... One of our trainees when I was at my group practice. That's amazing. Yeah. And there's like literally a hedgehog on she, the top of it. She put it in a mug that said dog mom. <laughs> okay. So oh, there's no, no. a theme. It said rescue mom. Oh, nice. Yeah. So there's a theme. We got some dog shirts today. Putting people to sleep. 
the whole cool whole nine. Yeah. So everyone, be sure to tune in next week for all new episodes of Terror Talk and Shrink Chat. We very much appreciate you listening. We know that a lot of people listen on their commute, which isn't happening right now. But so we really appreciate the extra effort that you've put in to continue to listen to the show when you're gardening or whatever heck else you're doing at home. Hopefully good stuff as well as work. So um, next week we'll have all new shows and we look forward to seeing you then. Um, this is Shrink Chat. My name is Shannon. And I'm Kathy. Sleep safe, everyone. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Shrink Chat. If you enjoy what we do here, there are two things you could consider. Subscribing and sharing our episodes on social media and checking out our Patreon page. Don't hesitate to contact us on Twitter, Instagram, or our Facebook page. We upload new episodes of Terror Talk every Wednesday and of Shrink Chat every Friday. Until then, goodbye and have a pleasant tomorrow.